Aisha. I'm Amal. And, and it's chai time! Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello everyone and welcome back to chai time. <laughs> and this is our second episode. Woo-hoo! Yay! And we are so lucky to have you guys again with us. And thank you for listening. And we've seen quite a few. I mean, when we checked on our um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, we've seen quite a few. I mean, we had quite a few listeners. And mm-hmm. But the only thing is that we haven't had many that many comments. Yes. So we would love to hear from you guys. And, yes, please. you know, um, have, have an input. Yeah. yeah. So we know what you know all the i mean we can have so you can have some of your input basically mm-hmm. and as we said before this was going to be an interview style podcast and what better way to do it than to start with ourselves mm-hmm. and then it's a bit more even though we talked about ourselves before but some more of how you know it all started with our careers and you know some of our um passions passions mm-hmm. and so um I'm going to start with Aisha and ask her because she's quite passionate about education and teaching. And then so I think we would love to find out about how it all began. (laughs) So, Sister Aisha, why don't you tell me how it all and where it all began? I will. I will. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to. Uh, So the decision to become a teacher was, hmm, it was quite a journey. Right. And I, I loved every step because it was unconventional uh, right. how I became a teacher. And you shared that as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that's a really beautiful way t- to find yourself in education to realize that this is what I'm really meant to do mm-hmm. because um, I didn't seek this to begin with. Right. And then it, yeah. it happened. And, and it's where we belong. It's our calling, right? Right. So, middle school education specifically is mine. Um, so, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can handle middle school, then hands up for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I would trace it back to the first kind of um, tugs at my heart was, you know, I'm the oldest sister of, of four. There's four of us. And my brother Tommy's just four years younger than me. And so... Um, He was always, you know, at my side and wanting to do what I was doing. And I was quite bossy, uh, so... (laughs) The firstborn, they always are. Yeah, we kind of have to be. Because they're in charge, so... We have to be, so... uh, Yeah, we uh, lived on a ranch in Memphis, Tennessee, and they're offset from the dining room. We had the office, and... Um, my dad had it set up with this really big desk and I, I love to sit in it. There's pictures of me just sitting so proudly and you know, like I'm just in the charge of the world or something, you know, like, and Tommy's right by my side. And so we'd play classroom and I'd, I'd convince my, my twin, uh, neighbors next door. They were uh, the same age as me and. I'd ask them to come over, and they always obliged, and you know, and let me right. <laughs> be in charge too, you know, and uh, have classroom, and then eventually, once Billy got old enough, you know, he got reeled in as well, and we really enjoyed that. Uh, then from there, the next moment that 
stands out in my memory as a vacation that I took to Florida when I was, I was either finishing high school or I was just beginning college. Mm-hmm. And we were with our family friends. Right. And the mom of, of the group, of the family, um, her name is Dawn. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting on the beach one day, just the two of us, mm-hmm. um, enjoying the vastness of the ocean mm-hmm. and all the, the glory of it and everything. And... She just looked at me and she said, you were made to be a teacher. Wow. Yeah. And I was taken aback because it was sort of like she was confirming this longing in my heart Mm -hmm. that I was too afraid to pursue. And Mm -hmm. she just handed me that confidence, you know, um, and that reassurance that I could do this and that um, I was made to do it. So I always remember that moment and I go back to that moment when I think about it. Right. Um, and then from there, you know, and of course I'm so grateful to her always and I'll never forget, you know, what she did for me by speaking those words, you know, that's all it takes. Yeah. And, um, then later on, uh, through various life experiences, you know, I was tugged in different directions. I always worried about what was everyone wanting me to be, you Mm. know, in my career. So, um, I was too afraid to follow my true passion. But after um, I called off a wedding, mm. um, I had, you know, you, you get this confidence like, okay, I can choose yeah. myself. I can do mm. what's best for me. Um, I can listen to God, you know, mm. what he's calling me to do and not be afraid. Yeah. And so I just took the leap and I became a teacher. I started subbing in September and I started my teaching career October 27th, 2008, which was yeah. two days after what would have been my wedding day. So... I knew that that was meant to be. Yeah. You took charge of your life. (laughs) I did, I did, I did. So I'm really grateful for the journey, and I'll never forget it, and all the experiences, heartache, happiness that brought me there. So thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Aisha, for all that information. Thank you for sharing that story with us. That was uh, quite insightful, actually. <laughs> um, so, you started in 2008. Fast forward 2019. Mm-hmm. So, what has changed? You know, how has it been? How has things developed for you? And education as well. How does it change? Has education changed from 2018 to you know, fast forward 10 years till now. Yeah, 2008 to now. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about. I feel like 2008 was like yesterday. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, it's... Uh, okay, so I always try to think about maybe what was going on in the world, you know, around that time. Yeah. 2008... To me, what stands out in my mind is Obama, right? Right. And yeah. uh, that Big was changes. really exciting, yeah. you know, yeah. to be a part of that because it, it influenced my students, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, the demographic that I taught at that time was mostly African American. And so right. it was so beautiful to be a part of um, such a monumental time in history. Mm. And um, they, well, my students were so excited. All, all students were. There was like, they would they would go around singing Obama 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 Obama. <laughs> they were just so silly, but you know it, it made me feel like wow you know kids um, are taking in everything I'm taking in, mm. and they are processing it different from me because mm. they are adolescents. Yeah. Um, 
and how am I going to connect with these kids? Right. Um, especially into my older years, you know, how mm. is that going to change? When I was 24 starting out, I was so young, you know, I could do all the dance moves and <laughs> the stanky leg and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, have a good time and not get out of breath. <laughs> and then fast forward to today, and I, I can't even attempt to know... Um, the dance to Old Town Road. I mean, I just can't. I just can't do it. You know, I'll break oh, my on. ankle. You still got the moves. <laughs> I'll break my ankle. <laughs> Which I did break my ankle in 2016 at a school event. So, um, but yeah, I think that kids are the same in the regard that they need consistency, mm-hmm. love. Um, we're a constant for them. You know, right. every day they know they can come to school and their teacher is there. And, um, you know, your your uh, main priority as a teacher is for them to know they're in a safe place and yeah. um, they're in a place where they are free to learn at mm-hmm. their uh, will and, and um, to be uh, pushed, you know, to um, their limits to see, you know, what, what kind of obstacles they can overcome. But... I would say the hardest thing was in 2008, I didn't have a single student that had a phone in their hand, you know? Wow, yeah. And so yeah. today that's my biggest competition, right. you know? What am I going to do to engage them? Yeah. Um, and keep them interested. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm lucky in that I teach science, so you can right. do a lot of fun things. Yeah. But at the same time... It, it is a battle. I mean, mm. most of my arguments in class come from cell phone use, putting your phone away, you know, mm. and doing what you need to do. And so I feel this pressure, like, I got to keep them busy. I got to keep them, you know, entertained Dang, and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's the biggest change is just um, the insurgence of technology in the regard that they can be entertained by looking down at a device all day. And Mm. what am I there for? You know, if they have a question about something, they can just Google it, you know? Um, so what's, what's my value? Mm. And so it's, it's creating that same environment that I, I worked to create, you know, 10 plus years ago, a mutual respect. Mm. Um, and that's huge for teenagers, you know? And it takes them a while to trust you, and that's that's normal, and I expect that, you know, mm. every year. Um, so, in that way, you know, their their brains aren't fully developed, so that's that hasn't changed in ten years. You know, mm. that's the same thing. Every every person goes through that experience of continuing to grow their brain and um, all the implications that that has, and just being, you know, aware and reminding myself that hey, I'm. I'm the teacher, I'm the adult, and mm. I need to have a level head and not let my emotions get to me because mm. I don't have an excuse. My brain is fully developed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just paying attention um, to what's going on in the world now, uh, making applications so that making their subject area applicable to their everyday life. You know, any time I could get, the best thing was, you know... Um, the summer before when the solar eclipse, you know, and oh, yeah. being able to yeah. experience that in Nebraska. Yeah, that was exciting. Um, yeah, so I think that really, um, mm. obviously, the advance of technology has been the biggest change. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's about where I would say, you know, things have changed and otherwise stay the same because kids are kids. Mm-hmm. And 
we love them and we do our best to mold them into uh, the yeah. best versions of themselves. Yeah, that's our job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh wow. The Obama years, I was getting quite nostalgic <laughs> about that. <laughs> yep. Well, thank Those you for days. sharing that with us. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so now we come to the last part of our interview. What has your faith, I mean, how has your faith shaped your teaching career? Mm, that's, that's a huge one. <laughs> has faith played any part in your career? Oh, goodness, yes. Mm -hmm. So um, at this current time, I um, am very blessed and very faith-filled, and that's a huge reason why we're doing this podcast. And I think that being a teacher, it's, it's really nice that you, uh, you can choose to always be open to learning and, mm. uh, while you are teaching. Mm. And that's really how you grow as an educator. And so, therefore, in your faith journey, you know, if you are always learning, then you're growing as well, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very grateful to Allah for um, the experiences that I've had that have brought me closer to him. Um, when I first became a teacher, it was in Memphis, Tennessee, so that's a Bible Belt, and you can get away with a little bit more. There's not that huge separation of church and state I mean it, of course it's there but mm. um, a little bit more lenient I actually had a group that I sponsored called Students for Christ mm -hmm. and at that time I was a Protestant uh, evangelical Christian and um, I really appreciated those times because I got to know my students on a level that was different from their academics mm -hmm. you know and so um, spirituality is such a, a special uh, intimate type of relationship you have mm -hmm. and um, so I was really grateful for that those students I'm still in touch with many of them have gone on to different faith paths um, mm -hmm. just like myself and we celebrate those changes and I'm so proud of them and uh, the ways that they've grown so that was my those were my beginnings mm -hmm. and then I was in public education for a couple more years uh, mm -hmm. when we moved to Nebraska and I remember when I asked, could I sponsor a club like that? And my principal laughed. He said, oh, honey, not here. Oh, <laughs> this uh... is the Midwest. You know, <laughs> they don't do that. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm here not in Kansas anymore, you know. Right. Like, I was like, hello, Toto. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then I moved away to Pennsylvania for a year. And then when we were moving back to Omaha, I thought, maybe I should try private schools. Um, mm. And in this area in Omaha, we all know that most private schools are parochial, so um, I, I applied for a job at a Catholic school and uh, was selected uh, to be the main science teacher and was really grateful for those three years. Um, mm. I learned so much about myself and about the world in which I live and about Omaha, mm. um, very uh, rich Catholic history for sure, um, especially in the heart of Omaha. And uh, my students that I taught there, it was really wonderful to watch them um, live out their faith and have that freedom. Mm -hmm. I was really grateful for that, but it also urged me to, to really examine my faith um, within the experiences I had with, with my students and with my colleagues. And uh, 
So within my other job, which is also in education, um, I started meeting lots of different people and specifically women wearing hijab. And uh, so I, I started wondering why am I fearful of, of women like this or why do mm-hmm. I worry about them and make sure that they're not being oppressed, you know, or something right. like that. Yeah. And so I started doing my own research on, on Islam and just my whole world opened and um, a way of thinking that I never knew possible, you know, came alive in me. Mm. And so, um, fast forward to when I took Shahada and became a Muslim and then uh, got back in the classroom just months later after that, after taking a break. And I'm in public schools again. And if I want to wear hijab, then I can, you know, right. and I'm surrounded by beautiful students that practice my faith. And uh, kids are really lucky that they can express their faith mm-hmm. and, and um, do those sorts of things even in public schools. And I'm glad that they have that right. Um, but I see beautiful hijabi students and, mm. and I just am so inspired by them. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm so grateful for, I think that everything in my faith journey has paralleled, you know, in my educational journey. They just right. kind of go hand in hand in a way because... Mm. At the end of the day, when we start to understand God, Allah, you know, mm-hmm. um, higher power that you um, trust in, but you have a hard time wrapping your mind around, the more education you get, mm-hmm. um, the more your mind can be open to right. understanding some things. I mean, we'll never be able to fully understand them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a long journey, though, wasn't it? And where <laughs> yeah. you ended up, that's... Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, Thank I bet you. you never thought you'd end up where you are now. No, nope, not sitting next to you right now, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah, so, that's how we all began. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs>